0: Did you go to a cabin with Miss Willis ever? Ever? Ever.
1: I just had to share that because I just thought that was super funny. I'm just a reminder of how uh, absolutely fraudulent and how deep down and dirty Fannie and company are just the biggest group of liars ever to really be in front of cameras uh, in a court. Today's video, the pit bull, Steve Sadow strikes again. I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. God forbid I ever get in trouble God forbid I ever get accused of anything. I mean, I'm a good dude. That would never happen, right? Um, This is the guy I want. This is the guy I want. I mean, above all else, this is the guy I want defending me. He is, to me, the most accomplished, exemplary, ferocious, Diligent, uh, you know, really, he has everything that you want in a lawyer. The way that he carries himself, he articulates, he provides substantive evidentiary uh, evidence to back up all of his statements in court. I love this guy. This is why Fannie Willis should lose. I mean, there's a million reasons why she should lose, but this is why she should lose. I'm going to show some clips. Uh, We're going to look at at, uh, Steve Sadows. Uh, um, closing arguments from yesterday. Uh, the Fannie Willis hearing is over. And I'll tell you what the judge said at the end of it, if you missed my video yesterday. Um, but we're going to look at this testimony. But you know, the reason I'm I'm so bullish on the pit bull, I call him the pit bull is because all the other attorneys, especially uh, her body at the end, uh, the prosecutor DA Fannie Willis's attorney. Oh my God. Was that an abomination? Uh, um, 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 your honor. Um, um, I would submit your honor, your honor. I would submit. And then the judge would be like, um, but how do you, what do you mean? I'm not following here. And he'd be like, um, um, I don't understand why you don't follow. Um, it was awful. It was awful. Um, most of the attorneys though, even the, I mean, a lot of people thought McDougal did a really great job on the defense side. Honestly, I, I really didn't. I thought he was shaky. I thought he was robotic. He seemed really angry. Um, and I just don't think he came across as effective, poised, calm, deliberate, calculating as Sadow did. And, and, and he didn't really refute. I mean, a lot of the lawyers didn't really refute anything that I get it. The judge has to ask these sort of probing adversarial questions, so that the you know attorneys not only does he appear fair and impartial, but the attorneys need to do their job, and really it's their burden, right? It's the defense's burden to uh, uh, remove all doubt. But here's here's the uh, here's the deal: um, none of them could answer the judge's question without stumbling, mumbling, being flustered, being thrown aback, except for. The Pitbull, Sadow. I want you to watch this really carefully and then we're gonna talk about it. So stick around because I got a lot to say that you don't wanna miss at the end of this video. Um, I want you to really pay attention closely and I want you to watch when the judge interjects and tries to, not. I don't wanna say he does it purposely, He does it, you know, quite diligently. He he really wants to pose questions to, uh, 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 you know, give the attorney a chance to solidify and cement their arguments. Watch how Sadow responds with a plum, with conviction, with evidence. And I truly believe that if it wasn't for Sadow, yeah, there were some other great points brought up by the defense, but I truly believe that if it wasn't for Sadow, I truly believe Fannie Willis would, would there were would be, because yesterday's video I, I give it a 5050 because it's not a trial by jury it's all up to this judge and there's been some question marks surrounding judge McAfee um and so I'm just being realistic of course I want her to she should get disqualified of course she should be disbarred she should face uh, criminal charges of course one billion percent but this is the real world and you have to weigh all of the aspects and and you have to be realistic and practical these things don't always turn out the way we want obviously. But if it wasn't for Sadow, I truly believe that 50-50 would be a higher uh, favor percentage in Fannie Willis's corner. So let's watch this amazing closing argument by the pitbull bull Seydow, and then we'll talk about it. Check this out.
0: Good afternoon, Your Honor. I'm going to speak to what I would call a subset of forensic misconduct. And I'm going to assume that all the law that's been provided to you in pleadings as well as emails you know you don't need me to tell you what the law is so i want to just set up out the disqualification and then dismissal of the indictment should take place under the subset of forensic misconduct roman's counsel this merchant filed on january 8th pleading her motion to dismiss and to disqualify we were in court that friday of that week in which i made it known that we that is president trump may adopt that motion i waited to see wanted to see what was going to happen before i did so that sunday which would be january the 14th 2024 d.a willis took it upon herself to go to a historic black church in atlanta having not responded at all to the motion of miss merchants client roman and she made what we now call the church speech and your honor has reference to that uh, you didn't necessarily want evidence on that but you know what the church speech church speech was it was videoed it was clear that miss uh, Willis had notes. She was reading from notes that she had prepared. It was a calculated determination by Miss Willis to prejudice the defendants and their counsel. How so? By making an issue out of the fact that the person that was challenged in the Roman motion was black, without telling the public, or the church members, or anyone for that matter, that the reason that Mr uh Wade was being challenged was not because he was black had nothing to do with race it had to do with the relationship that had been alleged and later admitted to by Miss Merchant Miss Willis took full opportunity to prejudice the defendants and then comes along later in a pleading and says it wasn't designed or intended to be at the defendants at all or the defense counsel which with all due respect is just nonsense the purpose of that was to get public sympathy public empathy for what miss merchant had already alleged in her motion now that was a violation of the professional rules of conduct it was a violation of 3.8 g it's no question about it it wasn't in response to anything that was said it was a public statement extrajudicial, for the purpose of making a comment upon the defendants
2: it would be in response to a motion that was filed. but
0: it wasn't filed in a response in a pleading it was filed in response to a motion and the motion were allegations made as i if this willis wanted to respond at that point she could have said the facts of the matter instead she misstated what the, re- the situation was took advantage of the opportunity an ethical violation and the ethical violation makes it clear that you must refrain from making extra jud- judicial comments that have a substantial likelihood of heightening public condemnation of the accused can you think of anything more that would heighten public condemnation of the defendants than alleging that defense counsel and the defendants were making their motion based on race and religion that's as bad as it gets in fulton county with all due respect that's exactly that's exactly what miss willis wanted done and remember the state still had not responded so then what we get from the state is we get an affidavit filed as part of their response and that affidavit says specifically and the affidavit is Mr Wade says specifically in paragraph 26 and 27 that the relationship did not begin until 2022 it acknowledges the relationship and says it didn't begin until 2022 and the pleading that's filed the state's pleading and response indicates not exactly that but it says there was no relationship as of november 1 of 2021 and that's on page seven so now we know that timing is the issue because this <coughs> merchant made it clear that we alleged and had evidence that that indicated the timing was before Mr. Wade was hired, not after. So the state now has filed an affidavit, and a pleading that claims post-hiring into 2022. And then Mr. Wade will us testify to the same thing under oath. Now Ms. Yerty says it began in 2019. Why would she know? Well, she would know because she was a former friend. I know the state's going to get up here and say, you can't believe essentially what they're going to say is you can't believe any defense witness because they're defense witnesses. And only people that would tell the truth would be Wade and Willis. I suggest to you that that's not accurate. I suggest that the testimony that Mr. Wade gave and Miss Willis gave, and I'm specifically dealing now with the timing issue without getting into anything else, that that, brought forth a true concern about their truthfulness in being what is required of a lawyer in this state, which is candor toward the tribunal. And that's 3.3 of the professional rules. Specifically, um, small a one, make a false statement of material fact or law to a tribunal. So that's, as I posited to the court, that's the second ethical violation And then you also have
1: Really quickly, I just want to throw in here, he's providing absolute substantive court cases, law references. He's referencing not just constitutional law, not just the general law, very specific, the state of Georgia law. That's why this is so powerful. Just keep listening. This is amazing. It gets better. 8.4
0: 8.4 of the, of the professional rules it says it's a violation of the Georgia rules of professional conduct for lawyer two and that's a four engage in a professional conduct involving dishonesty fraud deceit or misrepresentation now do you have to find that Wade and Willis lied no What you need to be able to find is that there is a concern, a legitimate concern based on the evidence in this case about their truthfulness, a legitimate concern about the truthfulness, which equates to an appearance of impropriety, because once you have the appearance of impropriety under forensic misconduct, the law in Georgia is clear that's enough to disqualify. So why should you find there's a concern? with their truthfulness. ERT is the first one, you have that testimony. But then we go to what is the most obvious indication, that Willis and Wade were not truthful on the point of timing, and that's Bradley. Defense Exhibit 26 came into evidence. Defense Exhibit 26 comes in and says, and you know I went into this last hearing, It says that on January the 5th, 2024, at approximately 949 AM, there's text messages that are exchanged between Miss Merchant and Mr. Bradley. And the text messages go like just date. And that's for Miss Merchant. Miss Merchant says, do you think it started before she hired him, Bradley? who we now know from Defense Exhibit 39, has been texting with Ms. Merchant for a number of months. This is not the first time. This is months within the, the communications between the two. Mr. Bradley says absolutely. Watch what protein shakes do to your body. This is a protein drink. You've got almond butter. Absolutely. Now, absolutely is not a speculative word. That's not speculation. That's a definitive statement, and Bradley then, unprompted, says this. And unprompted is important. It started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton. It goes on, this Merchant says, or he, she liked it started when she left the DA's office with the appropriate um, emoji or whatever one would call it to say it was liked, And then Mr. Bradley, Mr. Bradley say they met at the municipal court CLE conference. Again, unprompted. He's now definitively telling Miss Merchant when this relationship started. Ms. Merchant says, that's what I figured when he was married. And then Miss Merchant says, when I was talking about a couple hours later, text and says, upon information and relief, Willis and Wade met while both were serving as magistrate judges and began a romantic relationship at that time. And Mr. Bradley responds, no, municipal court. Thank you. Doesn't say it didn't start then. He doesn't suggest that she's wrong other than magistrate court municipal. Now we have that and it's in evidence. And what does Bradley do? He knows that he's put himself in a position that if he testifies truthfully on the witness stand, your honor is in a position to be able to find, if if you choose to, that both Willis and Wade lied. So what does Bradley do? Look, you were an assistant U.S. attorney. You know how this works when you have witnesses in this situation. Mr. Bradley did everything he could possibly do to evade answering questions no recollection couldn't remember it was speculation anything he could possibly say that would cause your honor not to believe that bradley knew when this relationship started i suggest they were clear-cut lies and the truth isn't defense exhibit 26
2: and so if we take that view that he thoroughly impeached himself that he did not give truthful conduct uh you know what's left standing generally you would see someone who's impeached perhaps we have some kind of core that you could point back to and say that's the time he was telling the truth in these text messages is it ever definitively shown how he knew this and that he actually did know it other than in just a assertion outright absolutely usually if a state has a witness that goes sideways they've got them locked in they've sat down with a detective got a full statement we don't have that here
0: but what you have is a text message which is a prior statement of bradley that he did on his own that was not given to him by someone else the only thing that the court is just noted is how do we know he wasn't speculating because you don't have to except the fact that he wasn't speculating. The cases that I provided, I think by email yesterday, the first um, dealing with that, you can disbelieve that testimony and draw a negative inference. That's the Ferguson case. On Lee, the other case, you can simply take the prior inconsistent statement as substantive evidence. It has the same value. And that's what I'm asking you to do, to take what was the unprompted statement in defense exhibit 26 of Bradley, and take that on its face, face value, that that is an indication that Bradley in fact knew and had said he did. If you accept that, you have to have concerns about the truthfulness of Willis and Wade on the timing issue.
2: And, and I don't know if this is something maybe one of your co-counsel were gonna address as well. We heard about kind of the law that, that applies how we're, we're outside kind of the orbit of of the core of cases we're used to dealing with here, where it deals with side switching or uh, where someone is in the uh, relationship, the client relationship. The proposition you're putting forward now is that if a representative of the state, a lead prosecutor, the district attorney themselves um, says something that's untruthful on the record, that is something that immediately has to be proactively policed by the trial court is basically what I'm getting at is, where in the law do we find the remedy to an untruthful statement? Generally, we send you down the street to the bar, right?
0: And that's why I gave you the cases of Registe and Edwards yesterday. While those aren't prosecutorial cases or dealing with prosecutors, they deal with counsel. And in both those cases, the trial judge found ethical violations on the part of Mm -hmm. defense counsel or potential ethical violations went through the ethical violations and said, based on that, you're disqualified. You cannot be the attorney of record in this case. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. If defense counsel can be kicked off of a case because of ethical violations, I suggest the same thing can happen for prosecutors when the ethical violations deal with truthfulness, candor to the court, extrajudicial statements, Those are the things that this court can rely upon and say, based on those, again, I find an appearance of impropriety.
2: Where where would be the limiting principle? uh, The district attorney signs every indictment assigned to this courtroom. Does that mean she's off every case? No, it would be when that. If I found that she's untruthful. Is that what you're kind of suggesting that you
0: don't have to find again i'm not saying you have to find she was untruthful or that wade was untruthful you don't have to make it finding a fact that they lied all you have to do is make it finding a fact that you have genuine legitimate concerns about their credibility about their truthfulness and once you find that then you can apply register and and uh, edwards
2: well but it's the same principle though if i have genuine concerns about her truthfulness on a particular occasion, how do those not spill over into every criminal case a district attorney brings?
0: Well, it's because she testified under oath. And so did Mr. Wade. They didn't have to testify falsely. They could have testified truthfully. They could have indicated that the relationship, the timing was in fact before Mr. Wade was hired. They chose not to. And in that sense, that dishonesty, that constitutes a violation of their ethical responsibilities. This is not signing an indictment. This is not filing a pleading in which both sides have their own positions. This is a requirement that every witness has to tell the truth under oath. And if they don't tell the truth under oath or there's a significant concern about their credibility, then they're violating their ethical rules. And as anyone will tell you, as your honor already knew from when you were a prosecutor, prosecutors are held to a higher
1: standard. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the pit bull Steve Sadow. What did you think of that? Now, I would advise you to go check out the entire closing arguments if you weren't there on our live stream, or you haven't seen every uh, lawyer present their case, I would highly recommend you do that. Obviously, we have the entire trial on our channel, our YouTube Rumble. Go check it out. Um, it's it's really worth a listen. It's worth a viewing. I would I would definitely uh, want to hear what you think of that. But this is the difference. This is the difference is you can see that Sadow is presenting every single argument with actual context. What does that mean? The context is not this general kind of th- pulling things out of thin air. The context is the state of of Georgia Fulton County he is bringing up cases he is bringing up legal precedents legal laws that are actually enforced and passed in the state of Georgia where councils have been removed councils have been disqualified for ethics violations and he points out very effectively he points out that in those cases in Georgia state uh, 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 court cases those councils were not prosecutors. And then brilliantly, using the rhetorical appeal of ethos and uh, uh, a pathos a little bit, he invokes the judge's past. You, he says, verbatim, as your honor knows, as a former prosecuting attorney, prosecutors are held to a higher standard. He backs up everything. All you need to prove is not that they actually lied, not that they actually were there in that apartment at that time. All you need to prove, because prosecutors are held at a higher standard, that there is the appearance of a concern, an appearance of impropriety. Because if you are prosecuting this major case against a former president, of the United States, as a district attorney, you need to come across as disinterested and dispassionate. When you go to a black church and make a speech to potential jurors saying that this is all about race, this is all about the black man, he stole the election. That is not coming across as someone who is disinterested, dispassionate. The appearance has been uh, highly, highly substantiated by uh, uh, Attorney Sadow, the pit bull, who I love. And you see how he, uh, the judge asked him very uh, pointed questions. He answered immediately. He answered with a plum, with conviction, with assertion, backing up every claim. All the other lawyers, I highly, you know, encourage you to go check this out. All the other lawyers, there. Uh, um, I'm not. Well, you know, Your Honor, they stumbled and stammered. That is, does not look good. Not only does it not look good for the actual court, but it doesn't look good for uh, um, all of the facts, evidence, and all the people who are uh, witnessing this. So, I, I want to throw this out to you. There's a million reasons why Fannie Willis should be disqualified. There's a million reasons why Fannie Willis should be disbarred. There's a million reasons, I believe, why Fannie Willis should be uh, uh, facing some type of criminal charge. Because she is rotten from the inside out. She's had it out for Trump in the inside out. There is no dispassion, there is no disinterest, there is no neutrality. You need to be equivocal as a prosecuting attorney. Equivocal is neutral. She's anything but that. But we know how the criminal justice works. We know how life works. I mean, the first case, and I know there's a million other that come up with examples where we thought the outcome should have been this way and it turned out to be completely 180. The first trial that comes to my mind is when I grew up watching the OJ trial in high school. Everybody and their mother, the mounting of the guy had blood on his clothing. I mean, are you joking me? This guy got away with murder. So, uh, you know, a lot of people got upset at my last video. But honestly, I'm being realistic. I'm being practical. Of course, I uh, think she should be disqualified. Of course, I think she should be disbarred. And I think Sadow presents the most effective case to that end but you have to live in reality. And so it's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to Donald Trump's uh, uh, jury uh, of his peers. It's up to Judge Scott McAfee. Anything can happen. He said he's gonna uh, take two weeks to uh, uh, come up with his decision. And you know me, I'm gonna be following it every step of the way. I think I've been pretty effective and pretty on point of giving you the latest breaking that legacy media, mainstream media won't show you. So I want to hear what you think. Let's dive deep into the comments. I want constructive, positive, thoughtful, insightful comments. Again, it is my aim for this channel to bring the country together, not further the divide, bridge the divide. So personal attacks, ad hominem, you're a loser, the... I'm not going to respond to that, okay? You're not going to get any engagement. If anything, you might get banned from the channel. I want to protect this community. You have free speech. You can say whatever you want, but just be respectful. That's all. Just be respectful. So I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Um, uh, Make sure that you subscribe to our free newsletter if you made it this far. You don't want to miss out. There's a good chance that YouTube's probably going to delete this channel because I talk about things that mainstream media, the establishment, does not really want uncovered and unveiled. Your best, you know, fail-safe way of always being in the know here at Nez Nation is to be a member of our newsletter. It's free. Just sign up with your, your best email. It's absolutely free. Follow, subscribe check out these videos right here. Here's the entire trial. Here's the video I posted yesterday. Check those out. And as always, God bless you, your family, your loved ones. God bless these United States of America. And I'll see you soon.